0: Welcome, 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 everyone, to The Dark Parts, a show where we explore the darkest parts of history, the world, and your mind. I'm your host, Heath, and with me today is the lovely Queen of Scream, Daphne.
1: How you doing, Daphne? I'm doing great. I've got my big old thermos of hot tea, which has been my little ritual lately. I'm really, really into this tea.
0: And yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We are now in 2021, so grateful to be back and doing this show again. After that
1: uh, much-needed break. I know, but we during that break, we were both like, God, we missed doing the dark part. So, hope you guys are excited that we're back, and we have a really good story to kick off this year. Yes, we do. It's
0: very creepy. Before we get into that, just
1: want to let you know that we have merch
0: available on our website. TheDarkParts.com, and I am actually wearing a Dark Parts crew neck sweater right now. It
1: looks very good on you.
0: Thank you. Is it comfy? It's very, very warm and comfy, yes. So I would encourage all of you, little strangers out there, to head over and pick yourself up one. Anyway, guys, let's get into today's very strange and very weird episode. CCTV. They tend to rub us the wrong way because we really don't know what to expect when we watch them. Are we going to see a fed-up diner employee pissing in a coffee pot? Or maybe an evil apparition hovering past a fuzzy screen? Or maybe even a local creep watching you through the blinds on your back deck while you're in the kitchen learning how to twerk so you can keep up with all the kids on TikTok? Who knows? One thing we do know is that millions of people and businesses all around the world rely on them to catch criminals and also keep their families safe. But it's not always so cut and dry. And sometimes what seems like a blessing could actually end up being a curse. So join us today as we dust off that old VCR and take a look at some of the more disturbing stories surrounding the old eye in the sky and this week's terrifying tech tale
1: we call Security Tapes i'm always creeped out by security tapes because heath and i do a lot of research regarding them in true crime cases for our other show going west we've covered a lot of cases where a missing person or suspect has been caught on cctv but what if the circumstances of the tape can't be explained this is the case for the first story we wanted to share with you today i work at a gas station in rural pennsylvania It's a boring job, but it's pretty easy and it pays all right. A few weeks ago, this new guy started. I'll call him Jeremy. Jeremy is weird. He's about 25 or 26 and he hardly speaks, but he's got the creepiest laugh I've ever heard. My boss and I both noticed this, but it's never been a problem. So there's not much we can do about it. Customers have never complained about him and he's always done his job fairly well up until a few weeks ago anyway. That's when things started going missing. Employee theft can be a problem at any business that sells consumer goods, and there's only one person working at a time at this gas station. It's a pretty small place.
0: About two weeks ago, my boss started noticing that we were short on motor oil. At first, it was just a few containers at a time, then entire shelves and boxes from the back room. Pretty soon, entire shipments would be gone the day after we got them, and it would always be right after Jeremy's shift. My boss has checked the security camera tapes from every single night he worked, but he could never catch him in the act. Jeremy would lock up at closing time, then the motor oil would be gone the next day. My boss usually takes the tapes home with him to try and catch Jeremy stealing, but his daughter had a softball game last night, so he asked me to watch the tape for him. He offered to pay me overtime under the table, so obviously I took that offer. There are three cameras, so he gave me three different tapes to check. I figured it would be a long night, but I'm trying to save up for a vacation, so I really needed the money. I took the tapes home, popped them in an old VCR, and then sat
1: back. Two days ago, the last time he worked, Jeremy started at 4 p.m., Everything seemed pretty normal at first. He counted up the drawer, switched off with the girl who was working before him, and waited for a customer. The first person who came in was one of our regulars, Mrs. Templeton. The timestamp on the video read 403. She picked up her cigarettes in a newspaper and paid with a 20. Nothing unusual there. The next customer was some local guy named Ron. He drives a motorcycle, usually comes in every few days. He filled up his tank, got a bag of beef jerky, paid with his credit card, and then left. Next was some guy with a cowboy hat. I'd never seen him before, but we get plenty of strangers passing through just like any gas station. He got $40 worth of diesel fuel, paid with a $100 bill, and went on his way. I sat back inside. The only thing more boring than doing this job is watching someone else do it. My boss's offer was enough to keep me watching, though, so I left the tape on. Everything seemed pretty normal. I had a feeling that if Jeremy was stealing motor oil, he knew we were suspicious of him by now, so I didn't think he'd be dumb enough to let us catch him on camera. Things stayed boring and routine until about 5 o'clock.
0: At three, Mrs. Templeton came back in. She must have forgotten something, but she didn't. She bought the same pack of cigarettes as before, and the same newspaper. She paid with another 20. That's odd, I thought, but then again, she's a little absent-minded. I thought Jeremy should have told her she already got her smokes, but it's not against the rules to sell somebody the same thing twice. That's when Ron came in again. He bought another tank of gas, for his motorcycle again, I later checked the outdoor camera because I thought maybe he had another car he wanted to fill up and the same pack of beef jerky. He paid with his credit card yet again. No big deal, I figured this was just a weird coincidence. Mrs. Templeton is forgetful, and Ron probably owns more than one Harley. That's when the guy in the cowboy hat came back in. I felt a chill run down my spine. Don't get diesel, don't get diesel, I found myself whispering to my empty living room. But he did. He got $40 worth of diesel fuel and paid with another $100 bill. Every move he made was identical to his first visit, right down to the way he scratched his nose before he walked out. Either this guy is rich, owns a lot of trucks, and just moved into town, or something really bizarre was happening.
1: I kept watching. Every customer for the next hour was the same as before. Every single one. I was seriously freaked out. And then, at 6.03, Mrs. Templeton walked back in. She bought her cigarettes and newspaper again and paid with a 20 again. I thought I was going to lose it. I only watched another half hour before I started fast-forwarding through the rest. It was all the same. Every customer would come in at the exact same times, exactly one hour apart. Now, I know what you're thinking. That sneaky motherfucker Jeremy had messed with the tapes. He'd run a loop on his first hour of business over and over. That wasn't the case. There are windows around the cash register area that the camera covers, and I watched the sunlight fade as time ran on. Jeremy's routine didn't loop over. He swept, mopped, restocked, and did all his duties exactly how you would expect. But the same customers kept coming in. At that point, I was panicking. Something was seriously wrong with what I was seeing, and I had no explanation for it. I skipped ahead to when he locked up and walked out to his car. He hadn't stolen anything, but I kept watching, just to make sure. I fast-forwarded one last time, to about midnight.
0: At exactly three, out of nowhere, Jeremy's face pops up on the fucking camera. I don't mean he moved his head into view... I mean that one second the store was empty, the next second his face was all I could see. He wasn't looking at the camera either. He was looking directly at me. I was sure of it. I screamed and fumbled for the remote. By the time I grabbed it, he was gone. One frame he was there, the next he wasn't. My hands were shaking like crazy, but I popped in another tape. The other indoor camera shows the back area by the cash register, and I would be able to see how he got up and put his face in the camera like that. I skipped ahead to 1203, but there was nothing. I would have been able to see him standing on a chair or something on this tape, but he wasn't there. I didn't see him enter the store at all after he left. It's like he just wasn't really there. He doesn't know the security code, and no alarms were triggered that night after he locked up.
1: What I did see, however, was that at 12.03, the motor oil vanished off the shelf. All of it. Same as Jeremy's face. One second it was there, and the next it wasn't. I turned that tape off and went to bed, but I didn't get a wink of sleep. My body is so exhausted right now, but my mind is racing. That tape was undoubtedly the creepiest, most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. I work in a few hours. My boss asked me to bring the tapes back in and let him know what I found. But really, what the hell am I going to say? Jeremy works the night shift tonight, directly after me. And the plan is for my boss to come in just before I leave and confront him with me, as I'm supposed to be the one who caught him stealing. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I suppose I'll have to show my boss the tapes, but I don't want to watch them with him. I never want to see something like that again. I can't get the image of Jeremy just smiling directly into the camera out of my mind. It was the creepiest look I've ever seen on another human being's face. Anyway, I'm going to try again to get some last minute sleep before I have to go in and deal with this. I'll let you guys know what happens.
0: Update 2:49 p.m. Updating from my phone. Apologies in advance for errors. My boss just finished watching the last of the tapes. I told him what to expect, but you really can't prepare someone for something like that. He's scared shitless, I still am too, and Jeremy's due to come in at 4. We've got a little over an hour to get our shit together, but neither one of us knows what to say to him. Is he just a fucked up guy who likes to steal motor oil and scare the shit out of people? Or is he something else? I don't know if this is crazy, but does anyone think that he could have something to do with a time loop? My boss said he never noticed anything like that in the other tapes, but the way he popped up in this one made me think he knew I would be watching. It's like he wanted me to see what he could do. Like he was showing off or something. The way he smiled into the camera was like a little kid showing you a sandcastle that they had just built. I don't know, I probably sound crazy. I sure feel the part. I'm going to talk to my boss some more. We have to calm ourselves down and figure out how to deal with this. I'll update again tonight, but I have a really bad feeling about how this is going to play out.
1: Update, 4.33 p.m. No sign of Jeremy. Tried calling him, but his phone has been disconnected. We're calling the police. Update, 5.33 p.m. No sign of Jeremy. Tried calling him, but his phone has been disconnected. We're calling the police. Update, 6.33 p.m. No sign of Jeremy. Tried calling him again but his phone has been disconnected. We're calling the police. Update 7:33 p.m. No sign of Jeremy. Tried calling him but his phone has been disconnected. We're calling the police. Update 8:33 p.m. No sign of Jeremy. Tried calling him but his phone has been disconnected. We're calling the police. Update 10:58 p.m. Holy shit. Holy shit, holy
0: shit, holy shit. I just got home and saw my previous updates. Things make less sense now than ever. Here's what I can tell you. I went to work and Jeremy never showed up. My boss and I decided to call the police, as you're well aware. When I picked up the phone to call, though, the sun went out. I shit you not, that's what I thought happened. Apparently, I blacked out for exactly five hours because when I looked up at the clock again, it was 9.33. I think I got stuck in Jeremy's time loop, and then I snapped out of it at the exact point I blacked out, if that makes sense. But that's when things got really weird. My boss was right next to me when I blacked out, ready to corroborate my story to the cops. When I came to, the phone was in my hand, but it was dead. Not even a dial tone. My boss was still right there, but he wasn't moving. He was
1: standing up, but frozen. I looked at the clock again. And it wasn't moving. The second hand was stuck on the 12. It was 9.33 exactly. The clock on the register, computer screen, wasn't working either. My phone was frozen. There was even a customer at the register waiting for my boss to get him cigarettes. I'm betting that would have been his fifth pack of the day. I got the fuck out of there. Didn't lock up, didn't turn the lights off, and sorry guys, I didn't grab the security tapes to upload on the internet. Believe me, that was the last thing on my mind. The gas station is on a major highway, and cars were parked alongside it. Except they weren't parked. They were frozen. The people inside were sitting still as wax statues. I got in my car and prayed that it would start. Thankfully, it did.
0: About halfway home, time started up again. The static from the radio turned into music like it's supposed to be. And from what I could tell by listening to the hosts talk in between songs, no one noticed the time freeze or whatever it was. I was the only one. Well, I'm sure Jeremy noticed as well. I still have no clue where he is or what he's doing. I'm hiding in my room and calling the police again in the morning. I don't know if I ever got through to them before, or if I did, whether they took me seriously. I'm scared for my life at this point. I'll update you guys tomorrow if I can.
1: Final update 10:33 a.m. I finally fell asleep last night around 4. I have no idea how he did it. I guess my exhaustion finally got the best of me. This morning I woke up to my phone ringing. It was my boss. He'd been calling me since about 6. He woke up when time turned back on last night and immediately called the cops. They came by to see what was wrong and he told them everything. The police around here are all small time guys. They were more concerned with the missing motor oil than anything. But my boss figured he would take it, as long as he had their attention. They decided to go looking for Jeremy. Here's the thing. We
0: keep all of our employees' applications on file, and since Jeremy just started working here, his was easy to find. They checked the address on it and headed over to his house, and you're not going to believe what they found. The address that Jeremy listed on his application was an empty lot. Or at least, now it is. There used to be a house there, but it burned down in 1993. Being a small town, almost everyone remembers that fire. A family of four used to live there way back when. Rumor has it, they had an estranged son who they never really talked about, but I can't say for sure that that's true. What I can say is true, is that after an insurance investigation, The fire was ruled an arson. The entire house was soaked in oil and torched with a Molotov cocktail. The entire family
1: was sleeping when it happened and none of them survived. They never caught the guy who did it. Rumor has it that when they tried to contact the estranged son, no one could find him. Anyway, my boss called and told me this and I freaked out. Then he asked me to come to the gas station. What are you, crazy? I said, but he assured me that the cops were there with him. Then he dropped a bomb. The FBI were also in town, and they were going to talk to me one way or another, so I might as well come in. It was about 7.15, and I wanted to go back to bed, but I figured I wouldn't be able to sleep much more anyway, so I went down. Four men in suits greeted me and told me to have a
0: seat. We went over everything two or three times until they got all the details down. I told them about Jeremy, the security tape, and last night at work. Everything. Finally, after I finished, one of the agents said, Oh Christ, we've got another one on our hands. Then, they made me sign a bunch of papers saying that I wouldn't tell anyone about what happened. So, I can't say much more. I might be breaking the law just by posting this. So, now I'm home. I'm not sure what to do with myself. That agent's words when I told him the story are
1: going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Anyway, I've got to go. I have some errands to run today, and then I have to go to work to pick up some tapes. My boss and I think this new guy, Jeremy, he's a complete creep, is stealing motor oil, and I have to watch the security footage to see if I can catch him doing it. I have better things to do, but my boss is paying me overtime under the table, and I'm trying to save up for vacation so I could really use the money. It should be pretty simple. The oil always goes missing right after it shifts. So I figure I'll just watch the tapes, catch them in the act, and that will be that. Okay, but why is there always a Jeremy at a job like this?
0: If you don't know what I'm talking about, you could definitely be that Jeremy. Anyway, security tapes from your work may be the least of your concern. Maybe you really don't give a shit about the company you work for, but are more concerned with keeping your property or your family safe. It's estimated that only about 30% of Americans use home security systems. The FBI also indicates that burglars are 2.7 times more likely to target homes without security systems. But before you decide to run out and call the ADT guys, you should know that on rare occasions, things don't always go as planned. Sometimes the guy you hire to install those systems has a different plan in mind. And if you've ever heard the name Dennis Rader or BTK, then you understand what I'm talking about. Our next story may make you rethink who you hire to work on your home. And Daphne, do you know what I'm talking about when I say BTK?
1: Yeah, didn't he work for a security company?
0: Yes. Dennis Rader was a serial killer called the BTK killer. And he did, in fact, actually He worked for ADT specifically.
1: That's so scary. We covered a case recently on our other podcast, Going West, um, about the murder of Kanika Powell. And we discussed like a theory in that case about the mother-daughter killer. And that guy was a UPS driver and he would actually stalk his victims. Through his job, like because he would go to their houses for his work, which uh, I hate that. It's so scary.
0: Yeah. We've also talked about police officers dressing or like uh, serial killers dressing up as police officers to pull people over and then kidnap them.
1: Can't trust anyone. Although I'm sure we all kind of feel, maybe not all of us, but I know I do. Whenever someone's in your house working on it, you're just kind of like, this is so weird. Like a stranger's in my house and they're usually, sometimes... Not all the times, but sometimes creepy dudes.
0: Well, this story is definitely gonna creep you the fuck out, and you're gonna be like,
1: Oh my god!
0: I never want to hire a plumber ever. Okay, go ahead. This is your uh, this is your your shot here, Daphne.
1: Here we go. I was living with my parents and sister in Brisbane, Australia, at the time, 2008, which means I was 19. I remember my dad had just got Foxtel cable TV in Australia. But only the TV in the lounge room could use the cable box. And I really wanted to somehow get the cable in my room without paying $99 or whatever for a new box. So dad one day went out and bought an AV transmitter slash receiver. It was basically a two-piece bit of hardware where you would plug this tiny box into the cable TV in the lounge room and it would transmit a video signal to the receiver connected to the TV in my room. So one Saturday, I decided to connect it.
0: My younger sister, 16 at the time, was the only other person home at the time, upstairs in her room, and my room was downstairs. I opened the box and connected it up. At first, I was going back and forth, trying to get the cables right, trying to get the channel right, etc., but no luck. Until I finally got something. I remember just sitting there, and something started fuzzing in. This is where things start to feel like a fucking horror movie. I remember thinking, oh, here we go, and waiting to see the picture come in clearly. As it started fuzzing in, I remembered that this whole time, the cable set's top box wasn't even on, and that's why it wasn't working this whole time. But then, why was I getting a signal? It seemed to all hit me at once. As I realized the box was off, the picture fuzzed in, and I saw a bed. And by the way, we'll post pictures of this story on our social media accounts over on Instagram, The Dark Parts Podcast, and Twitter, The Dark Parts Pod.
1: Yeah, this person has actual photos of this story, so definitely go check those out if you're interested. I freaked the fuck out, as at first I thought it was my bed. I'd recently seen Saw 2 and remembered that scene where she turns on the TV and it's a camera filming her in her apartment. That was the first thing I thought of. I sprinted upstairs to my sister, absolutely terrified. I told her to come down and take a look. She came down and we both realized that it wasn't my bed. We didn't know whose bed it was or how I was getting the signal. Obviously, it was the AV receiver picking up a camera signal, but we were just so confused as to who slash what it was for. Eventually, my parents came home and we concluded that it would have to be a neighbor or someone living close by for us to be receiving the signal. We waited until around 6 p.m. and then someone came into the room. My dad recognized it as one of our neighbors. We still didn't know what the camera was for, but we kind of just assumed it had something to do with fidelity. Like either his wife or he had set it up to watch the other and see if they were cheating Either this, or it was to tape themselves having sex. We entertained the idea that he was a murderer and he would film himself murdering people in his room, but just to freak each other out. We'd always make jokes about how one night we'll turn it on and it'll just be his face with clown makeup on, staring at the camera waving, and then him walking out of the bedroom with a knife. This never happened, but what did happen was still super creepy.
0: We connected to this signal for over a week, but after a few days, the novelty kind of wore off. We felt a bit weird watching it and just resigned to the explanation that it was to catch his wife cheating. Until one day, we turned it on and realized what we had discovered. Our neighbors were having a bunch of renovations done to their house. During the weekdays, they would be out and there would be workers at the place pretty much the entire day. It had been like this for over a month. We started watching the feed ...and saw a man walk into their room. It was the plumber that had been there regularly for the renovations. We didn't think anything of it until he started opening drawers. I called out to my mom, who was the only person home at the time, and we started watching it. This plumber started getting the wife's panties and sniffing them. At first we were like, oh my god, how embarrassing, he's being filmed... Will the neighbors see this somehow? But then what
1: happened next was truly terrifying. He slowly walked over to the camera and looked right down the fucking lens. We were convinced that he knew we were watching. My mom immediately called my dad. I kept watching. He started fiddling with it and then put it back down. I told my mom that I don't think he knew we were watching, but he's definitely the guy that put the camera there. Dad came home, and by this time, the plumber had left. After my mom pleaded, my dad went over to the neighbor's house to tell them what we saw. Mom wanted to completely stay out of it and was terrified, understandably. When we told the neighbors, they had no idea what we were talking about. They allowed my father to go up to their room, and what he found, that was holding the camera... Was an installed device in the wall that was designed to monitor water usage, which was completely normal at the time as Brisbane had been hit with a drought recently and there were a lot of water restrictions, and there still is now, I think. The plumber had installed this into the wall, but had fitted a camera behind it in the wall to watch the bed.
0: Immediately, they called the police, who came over and conducted an investigation. For the next week or so, we didn't really hear much about it. I spent most of this time just telling my friends, showing them pictures, but truthfully, my whole family was scared every night. It was just very creepy thinking that we could have stuff like that hidden in our house. Chances are we didn't, but it was still really scary. After a couple of weeks, my mom was speaking to the wife next door and asked what happened with the investigation. The wife said that the police found out the plumber would, at night, come to our street and sit in his car, which had really tinted windows, and watch them on his laptop. When my mom told me this, I had shivers. The reason was, besides the obvious of a creepy dude sitting in his car watching people through a hidden camera, was because on multiple nights, when I had driven home late from a girlfriend's or walked home drunk after a night out, I remember seeing a station wagon, always about 30 meters down the street from our house. And it was never during the day, always at night. I would always walk past it and look at my reflection in the windows, assuming that no one was inside. I was always so confused by whose car it
1: was. Oh, so creepy. And it's, re- it's like, this is a true story that's so fucking creepy.
0: I know, the first one with Jeremy, you're like, okay, that's a little out there for sure. But this one is real this is a real story
1: well maybe jeremy's story is real too we don't know we don't know supposed to be so peeping toms used to just hide in a bush or tree while they spied on their victims but modern technology has made it easy for those sick bastards to get their rocks off and if you're not safe at home you're certainly not safe in someone else's home now obviously we know again that This is pretty rare, but for child camp director Max Vest, security footage became a nightmare. He had arrived at his Airbnb in Miami, Florida in January of 2019 to meet his host, who went by the name Ray. The place was a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment, which was shared with Ray and his girlfriend, but Max had seen the great reviews and didn't think twice about booking it. The first night that Max was there, he had gone out for dinner, and when he returned back to his Airbnb, the host had already went to bed, so Max made his way to his room to do the same.
0: But after turning out the lights in his room, which was adjacent to his host's room, Max noticed something kind of odd. Two black square boxes with blinking lights were stacked together next to an outlet on the other side of his room. At first, Max just thought that they could be phone chargers, but after taking a closer look, he realized that the black boxes were actually cameras, and the creepiest part of all was that the cameras were pointed in the direction of the bed that Max was sleeping in. Max then grabbed the memory cards from the cameras, gathered his belongings, and made it out of the apartment without incident. Max said that he was afraid for his life. What if Ray had seen him discover the cameras? He was in someone else's house and who knows what those tapes were being used for after max left the house he made a call to his wife and then a call to airbnb's safety team max was then refunded for his room and airbnb also paid for his hotel for the night they then removed this ray from the airbnb site understandably apparently outdoor cameras and living room cameras are allowed with the consent of the guest But they're never allowed in private rooms or bathrooms. So if you're an Airbnb person like me and Daphne, check out the fine print.
1: I actually always think about that with Airbnbs because, I mean, you're staying in somebody else's house. So I've never stayed in an Airbnb with somebody else there. But I've always thought about that because I'm like, they've got to be kind of sketched out with strangers staying in their house. So having a camera in the house kind of makes sense. Just for safety, like if you break something, then they caught you breaking it, that kind of thing. Right. But obviously not in the bedroom. But it also does make you think you're staying in someone else's house. Even if you're in the living room, like you don't want to be watched. Like maybe I'm in my underwear walking to the kitchen. Yeah, that's true. That's that's absolutely true. So I've definitely thought about that before. And it's just scary because you never know because cameras are so small these days. Like you have no idea.
0: Yeah. And you, you really don't know the intentions of the host. Are they just trying to make sure that their property doesn't get damaged? Are they just trying to make sure that nobody's breaking into the Airbnb when guests aren't staying there? Or are they fucking weird ass creeps that just
1: want to watch people have sex? Definitely the latter in Max's case, because it's in your room. Towards your bed. Not okay.
0: And honestly, when I was doing research for this case, or for this episode, I should say, I realized that there are so many more stories that are just like this. Like, this is just one example, but there are a lot of different stories about people putting cameras in their Airbnbs.
1: Yeah. You got to be careful out there, people. So, strangers,
0: what did we learn today? We learned that Jeremy is a fucking creep who steals oil. We learned that Jeremy is a fucking creep who steals oil. We learned that Jeremy is a fucking creep who steals oil. We learned that Jer- Okay, I'm done with that. I'm sorry, guys. We also learned that it's best to keep an eye on anyone working on your home, whether it be the security system guy, a roofer, or even a plumber, because you may end up getting your undies sniffed by a middle-aged man named Wayne, who's got a date with his hand. And last but certainly not least, if you ever stay in an Airbnb, make sure to check out the details regarding cameras and be wary of places that have them, because your host might be some weird little perv who gets off on
1: watching you take shits. Today's horror tip comes to you from the 2020 thriller film, The Rental. If you haven't seen the film, it really drives Heath's last point home. If there are blinking lights in your vacation rental, even if the house is extremely expensive and located in a picturesque location, call the police and get the hell out of there. Also, don't lie to your friends. Bad karma, man.
0: Literally, guys, this movie is amazing.
1: It's actually, wait, did James Franco direct it? Or, no. Sorry, it, not James, yeah, Dave.
0: Dave Franco, yeah.
1: And he's in it. It's, it was really good. And what's that one kid's name
0: from Shameless?
1: Ah, <sighs> shoot. He's the, he Lip. plays
0: yeah he plays the character of Lip. He is also in that film, and it's it's really creepy. So I have a mission for you guys. If you guys listen to this episode, go and rent the rental or watch the rental. It is so good. You won't regret it. Thank you, all my little spooky people out there, all my spooky strangers, for listening to this episode of The Dark Parts.
1: Yes, thank you guys so much. We're so happy to be back. We hope that you like the format of this story. We found some creepy stories online and just thought that it would be a unique, different kind of way to do The Dark Parts, and I really liked it.
0: Yeah, I did too. It was really fun to read those stories, and obviously next week, guys, we'll have an all-new episode of The Dark Parts for you guys to listen to. We're going to Continue doing the dark parts until you guys tell us to stop. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. If you want to leave us a review, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a wonderful review that you love the dark parts.
1: And if you guys have any creepy stories or you know about creepy stories or whatever, you have any recommendations whatsoever, please send us a message on social media Or send us an email at thedarkpartspodcast at gmail.com.
0: Yes, we would absolutely love your guys' suggestions. I have so much fun writing this show and telling these stories. And I just want to know what you guys want to hear about. So let us know. All right, strangers. We'll see you next time.
1: In the Dark Parts.